Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Uh, time to uh, hear the dulcet tones of Sophia White and Declan Buckley once again uh, to provide BAM for your soul. Mm. And you have... for your vision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> your endorsement, Sean. You yeah, could, yeah. Uh, yeah. Couldn't do any worse than anybody else, <laughs> oh, I suppose. Oh, contentious. Boom. Yes, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Here's your first question. I've been married for a long time and we have children. We've had our ups and downs. Arguments have increased and escalated over time and are showing similar traits. So I would like your advice. I wanted to meet someone in a similar situation to myself, but when I first discussed this with my husband, he didn't want me to. I've offered that he could come, but he declined. He's moved into the spare room. Both of us have made efforts to repair the situation, but we can't seem to reach an agreement. We're basically not talking, and I worry that the kids are noticing the tension. We are in counselling, but I'd like to know what would your panel suggest? Mm. So... When you say meeting a person in a similar situation, it's a platonic meetup. Yes, like, yes, obviously, and obviously yes. Obviously, she extended yeah. the invite to the husband. So I think that's kind of like an interesting aspect that he's objecting to a platonic meetup. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it seems like a, quite a toxic situation to me. Like, it's mad because we've been having this like really kind of public uh, debate, as it were, about kind of control within relationships in the last kind of five days because of Sarah Brady, mm. Jonah Hill's Jonah, ex yeah. posting loads of um, their text message threads in which Jonah Hill's kind of using therapy speak to essentially, well, I believe, control her life and control what she does. And it's really interesting. It? Gaslighting, making her feel like he yeah, to have yeah. her, she, what did she do for what did she so do she's for, a surfer she's and a, a model surfer. yeah he yeah. didn't seem to like her dressing up in swimming togs uh, like, which is a weird thing wearing know? her yeah. work uniform yeah. he was objecting to but it's interesting <laughs> like there's really strong echoes of um, the Jonah Hill Sarah Brady thing in that he really specifically um, says that he doesn't want her having friendships with women who are in, as he describes it, unstable places. So it's right down to meeting friends and things like that. So really similar to our listener. Yeah. And like, you know, we all know that like if somebody's kind of trying to be controlling a relationship, they will often seek to isolate mm. their partner. And like that's, I think, something to take really seriously for our listener. Yeah, I mean, like there's a couple of words that that are used because when I first read this, I, to be honest with you, I just read this um, because there was not a lot of detail in it. I just read this as, as somebody asking whether or not the relationship has run its course and how mm. do you know and that kind of thing. So I had a kind of a benign interpretation, but then I read it again and there was like just the, the reference to um, arguments that, that have similar traits. Yeah, like which, a pattern which is, which is, is, there. is, a, is a comment on how the arguments happen rather than what, what they're about. Mm. Then in this specific example of meeting the female friend who's in a similar situation, whatever it says there, um, that also, I mean, what does that mean? Similar situation. Somebody mm. who's in a relationship with a partner that's not listening to, whatever that is. I don't know exactly because mm. the, the letter isn't very specific about that, but mm. it would say two ways to explore this. One is if you're in a situation where you feel there is controlling behaviour, then you, you do need to, to get a, a, an alternative voice in the picture. Because you can't, you know, it's a very, 
difficult situation. He said, she said, mm. you know, that mm. thing you need definitely to have a sounding board to kind of rationalise how you're feeling because one of the most toxic things that can happen when you're contained is you're made to believe your own instincts and your own feelings are wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing, when it comes to just a general idea of whether or not you think a relationship is no longer serving, it doesn't have to have gone into such a, a dark space for you still to feel that you no longer are getting or giving even mm. what the relationship requires. So there's two levels of this thing for me. I'd say mm. the first, the kind of serious, the kind of the dark, the toxic side, you know, that needs to be acted on immediately as far as I'm concerned. But then the second part would be the more benign kind of has the relationship kind of run its course. Mm. Of Obviously, she mentions children in there. So there's a lot yeah. of things that go on when mm. people are kind of contemplating what's happening in their relationship. It's very complicated Again, having somebody else to talk to about that is really, it is really important because not only for them to be somebody who, who gives advice, because listen, you know, I'm talking, but I'm not necessarily giving advice. Um, when some people get a chance to, to kind of percolate their own thoughts in front of a, an observer, they can sometimes kind of clarify in their mind how they really feel without the kind of, you know, the immediacy of, of in the relationship issues. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's like really important as well that you talked about the kids that are involved because I've seen it with my own friends and just like other people in my family and everything that like when there's kids involved, it just becomes so much harder to take steps that you might need to take to leave a relationship. Like you're now then in a space where you're grappling with a lot of guilt and like everyone can tell you that, oh no, the kids are better if the parents are happier. Better, yeah. But it's really hard to really bring yourself to that place of really feeling mm. that. But it's like, you know, it is really true that like you're actually doing a service to your children by potentially getting yeah. out of a toxic the, scenario. They know those kids know 100% yeah. that they're in separate bedrooms. Yeah. They know 100% yeah. that they've been arguing. This, and this, and mm. I suppose that like, and, and it's something to take into consideration because she, she says they've been married a long time. We've mm. had our ups and downs. Arguments have increased and escalated over time. Are, to, to take into consideration, because, you know, kids, uh, there is a, a relationship between the kind of relationships you see when you're a child and what kind of relationships you have when you're older. And if the kids are saying this is what a relationship looks like, constant fighting, yeah. a constant war, that's yeah. not good for them. Yeah, yeah. or someone's no. needs being yeah. constantly secondary in the relationship. Yeah. And that's the thing, like I've talked about this with my friends, like who lots of us would be mothers, you know, with kids the same age and stuff. And when we're kind of trying to interrogate like our own issues and taking steps in our own lives, I'm always like, reverse it like if you're feeling guilty about potentially ending a marriage with your kids picture what it would be like if one of your kids came to you in 20 years time and was like this relationship is no longer working for me but I can't you know do it because of the kids you'd want your yeah, child yeah. to be happy yeah. you know um, I don't know like obviously we're working off kind of Not much top line stuff, yeah. but I she will does say, say she does say they're in counselling, though. Yeah. So that would imply perhaps some willingness on his part to face mm. up to things. Yeah, I, th I, I think often though, you know, you know, going to counselling, you know, you can be present in the room with a counsellor, but you're not really present in the process. So, I mean, I don't know what that means, and I don't know yeah. why there it was there an event that happened that kind of, you know. Well, I, mean, I assume. Well, well, we could probably assume things got to such a head that they had yeah. to go to. But, yeah. but it's interesting, like because you both used the Jonah Hill example. That's somebody who's been to a lot of counselling and is now able to weaponize that in the most screwed up way possible to control a person. So, yeah, actually sometimes counselling is 
Well, use sometimes this. it is it, because yeah. often people say that the process of psychotherapy is, is the first time, the first short time that you're there. You know, you, you, because you're engaging in the process, all of this stuff starts coming up. You kind of blame everybody. Yeah. Remember, your parents are horrible people, and then as you go on, you kind of realize, you know, the cognitive tricks or whatever involved in actually analyzing yourself, and yeah. and then that starts to become something that you can you can't definitely weaponize against other people. The one <laughs> thing is, like, she may not be in a position to get separate counselling. Yeah, and. The the thing is, like, women's aid.ie are an amazing resource and they have a number that you can just call and you can just say some stuff out loud to another person on the other end of the phone and mm. it could really help her. And that's 1800 341 900. And that could be a step in terms of like exactly what Declan was saying in terms of like if you're articulating some of these things that are kind of buried inside you right now just to another person mm. who is objective and not yeah. bringing judgment yeah. that really might help yeah. a yeah. beginning step. Yeah, uh, yeah. as the beginning step, she needs to talk to somebody yeah. by herself. Yeah, And, and if she can go to a council, that would be great. I mean, your man must leave the house at some point, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, again, if it is, it is a very toxic situation. Mm. Like, like you said, it, it can often be difficult to do that. Yeah, the, the children obviously are in the picture as well. So it's like, how where will they be? There's, mm. you know, there's loads of reasons why you can't do something as autonomous as going to a therapist. And and so I do think that, that the phone call thing is a great idea because yeah. that can happen yeah. privately yeah. while some kids mm. are in the room yeah. or whatever. So we're not saying to this person, pack your bags now, but certainly get in a way, get uh, talk to somebody to give yourself a clearer view of what's happening. What's the dynamic in this relationship? Yeah, yeah. And are you doing more harm than good by staying there? And the and thing is, is like, you deserve, you know, to be in the best relationship you can be in mm. and your kids deserve it too. I think that's kind of like a good yeah. place to start from as well. Not yeah. blame yourself. Hi guys, I've been having casual sex with a colleague of mine for the last year. Um, Sean, I, 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 I think that's actually more than we need to know. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> sorry, sex should never be casual in my opinion. If it is, you're doing it wrong. Uh, I've been having casual sex with a colleague of mine for the past year. It started after an office party in uh, November and has just kept going ever since. I don't think either of us are taking it too seriously. It's a bit of fun. It's always one person that says that. The issue I have now <laughs> is that I recently got a promotion. I'm now this girl's line manager. No one in the office knows that we were having sex. And to be honest, I don't think it's anyone's business. But I'm in a situation where I don't know if we should continue or not. I'm fairly sure I don't treat this girl any different in the office. And I don't plan on showing her any sort of favouritism in my new role. My friends outside of work are telling me I need to end it or at least let HR know, but I don't want it to make it a bigger situation than it needs to be. My company doesn't have any rules around relationships in work, and if it ever got back to management, I have messages to prove that this started long before I was her boss. Uh, is it best to say nothing for now? If she was my girlfriend... It would be different. <laughs> that last line is, is oh, like, yeah. what a killer. <laughs> um, reader, I married him. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, look, yeah, I, I read this and I read this <laughs> twice and I just, I just ended up like kind of. I hope she's listening. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so that girl could be listening. This yeah. girl. Um, yeah, so this girl, he calls her, this girl um, who's, you know, he, <sighs> <laughs> that's just exasperation know, like that's my exasperation because I just feel <laughs> yeah. the reason why your friends are telling you that this is not you know a good idea to continue in the way that you're continuing is because it, it, it has all sorts of potential to go badly wrong in all kinds of ways um, and it's about 
power. The reason why organisations have these kind of policies around who can whatever with who is because it has the potential to kind of blow up at work mm. and cause consternation for everybody. Mm. Now, some organisations don't have that kind of the fraternisation policy that other ones might have. Mm. Um, but the reality of it is, the bottom line is, is that there is there is the chance that this whole thing can go wrong because the power dynamic between you and the person that you're having this casual, not very fun sex with is... <laughs> the, 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 your words, man. Um, ha, the, the power dynamic has changed and that's kind of a bit... That's just not great. It's like, you know, you're implying that she's going to be the problem one. That she's the one that's going to make life yeah, difficult yeah. by looking for favouritism or, you know, or maybe, you know undermining your authority or whatever it is. But the reality it is, is that these policies are meant to happen for to protect both parties and, and the organisation in general as well. So my just vibe is if, if it's so casual and you don't really care that much about it, just stop just it. Like, wrap it, it just up. Wrap it up. Because if it I mean, is I more hope he's been that, wrapping it up yeah. this whole time, of course. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really... <laughs> um, he's just a dick. He no. just sounds he's just like a, a, Total dick, and she should drop him as soon as possible. In <laughs> fact, she should change jobs. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. I treat everyone fairly here. I know. Look at my yeah. magnificent penis. No, oh, it's yes. not even I will treat everybody fairly. It's like I'm quite sure that I will. I don't know if I'd be more, you know. Uh, Sophie, do you find this guy irresistibly attractive? I Chicks love you, this kind of thing. You guys are coming down way harder on him than uh, I have. I gave some really practical advice. I was like, like now, it's only about two sentences long because I think. I think it's open and shut uh, unless you want her to be your girlfriend end it and yeah. I, it's terrible I shouldn't be like enabling him to like cover his own ass but I'm like <laughs> say it to HR right now at the same time as ending the relationship wow. just uh, to Actually, be yeah, super tell HR and get them to send her a letter oh my god yeah, 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 yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean so there's no hostages to I fortune love <laughs> I don't know. This is bad now. I feel like I'm becoming an enabler of a bad man in his bad situation. Oh, I know. If she was my girlfriend, it would be different. It's a bit of fun. It's all. It's like it's all classic. We haven't talked about this, of course, but you know, yeah, this is what I think. So I it mean, must be true. Yes, that's a very good point. But it's like yeah. so, so. What I want to ask him though, if I like, how would it be different if she was your girlfriend? What would be different? What would you do different, and why? Because I think therein lies that the perspective. I assume he'd tell HR at that point. Because, because the relationship is, you know, but but would he? Because he's he seems to be implying that the organisation that he works for doesn't have a policy where even telling them that would be would be necessary. So from my point of view, I go, what do you think is the ethical, moral thing to do if she is your girlfriend? Because if that's different to the situation now, mm. I want to know what that is, what that difference well, is. Well, he thinks, oh, I have this total detachment from this girl because she's not my girlfriend. Whereas if she was my girlfriend, the onus would be on me to tell HR because... The favoritism would prove irresistible if she exactly. was my actual girlfriend. Yeah, because because and it, also it implies <laughs> that he would have respect for her. I know it's, it's so, that's exactly it's what I mean. Because yeah. the implication is that by having casual, just a little bit of fun sex with somebody, you actually really have no respect for them at all. You don't mm. care about them at all. Yeah, well, yeah, which doesn't horrible. have to be the case. Fun sex is you like them. Yeah, yeah. the implication is that this person doesn't even like this girl at all. Doesn't care anything about her feelings. And I just think that makes him sound like an awful person. So to protect her, I think that she needs to have nothing to do with them anymore. Shocking. Can, yeah. I public mean, service announcement. Public service announcement. <laughs> I mean, presumably it's a bit of fun for her as well, but she must think he's a bit of a dick. She must. Well, yeah, because I mean, she wasn't 
you know, after him because she thought he was going to help her up the ladder. So, so we now we, he's had a surprise promotion. Yeah. She's like, oh, crap, now I'm in trouble. Uh, <laughs> uh, Caroline, who says, I'm a HF head R. He 100% needs to tell HR it's for his own protection as much as anything. Not even a question. Careers have ended for less. Yeah. You see, I was right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I agree that. that I agree that. But I just, uh, uh, had a similar situation that, myself and being the girl in the situation, I didn't want him to tell HR. I, I can mm. understand that too. I was that girl. My peer became my boss. It didn't end well. He felt comfortable pushing me harder than the rest of the team, used my insecurities against me. I'm still in the same company. He's no longer my manager. Ooh. Yeah, because that's, that is part of the problem that's from dark. a HR point of view. Is, yeah. that, is that if you know somebody kind of really well in that way and you have this outside connection with them, that can be leveraged against them as well as, as, yeah, well as with that kind of yeah. nepotism help to them. So, yeah, I think it's just really, it's just not good for them to be in that situation. So, uh, so Ed uh, conjectures that uh, your man is married. Mm. To the job. Uh. <laughs> I don't. Th- I know. I didn't get married off him. No, no. I don't think so. No. But, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm the youngest of five children, and although we all live close to home, none of us are living at our parents' house anymore. My parents are at the age where they need help with certain things, uh, for instance, technology and some intensive jobs. However, they always seem to come to me with everything. I was recently at a wedding, and my dad rang me to unable to stream GAA Go on the TV, and I had to spend 45 minutes on FaceTime explaining how to do it. They recently did up their garden, and it was me who was expected to give up my weekend to help, well, next week they're going on holidays and I'm the one they've asked to bring them to the airport. I have an amazing relationship with my parents. I know I'm so blessed to have them, but I'm going to hit the roof soon if I don't give me some me some space. But I also need to ask my siblings for some help. I feel like no matter what way I bring this topic up with them or my siblings, it's going to end up in them being upset. I have my own life and relationships that are now beginning to take a back seat from minding my extremely healthy parents. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was extremely wealthy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be, be a different matter altogether. Yeah, you're oh, investing yeah. in your future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm going to have the unpopular opinion here. Okay. I think they should suck it up and help their parents. Now, I am at a specific life stage where I'm the parent of three young kids and the sheer amount of shite I'm doing for my kids. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of it involving I literal shite. Yes, a lot of it is, yeah. (laughs) This is, you know, toilet assistance for actual years your parents gave you, dear listener. Yes, absolutely. And this is payback time. But having said that, try and divvy it up among the siblings. I think the good way to do it would be if you had a different genre of parent help. Like one sibling does tech, Tech. one sibling does manual labour, one sibling does, and this is the worst one, emotional Oh, <laughs> Emotional support sibling. Um, but yeah, oh, I don't know. I think, yeah. they did I think that when it comes to like, you know, there's two aspects of this that I can see. One is the kind of, is the functional side. It's that somebody needs to do it and they're going to ask, the parents are going to ask somebody. That's often down to the, the type of relationships they have with, with their children individually. Or if there's, actual parity in, in that, you know, everybody's loved the same and everybody's whatever. It's whoever they saw last is the person they're going to, you know, you're here right now. It came into my head. Will you do that? So if this, the youngest daughter is kind of, you know, she's kind of 
been asked once and then she's in the room again so they'll ask her to the next thing. Oh, it's so snowballed. It becomes a habit. It just mm. becomes the easiest thing to do and it isn't necessarily an intentional thing on, on the parents' um, part to, um, to, to kind of just tap her so often for, for, the, for the assistance. I think the way that has to work though um, is that by being available and willing she's, she's making a she's basically making a sacrifice of, of the other stuff that she she has to accept that that's the decision that she's made. I'm going to go over to your house and fix your internet thing even though I could be down the pub with my friend Molly having a chat. I'm not doing that. Why did I say Molly? <laughs> Something else. You're always, there's always a cast of characters yeah, with you. I don't know what Molly means. Um, well, you Molly the person Molly we should say. Yeah, that's, say a, yeah. that's a longer term commitment <laughs> the other thing. Uh, but that whole the whole um, the whole um, life choices thing if if you're going to offer to do something for somebody and you do it you have to actually just put to bed you know the opportunity cost of that assistance thing because mm. that's just a, that's a train wreck to nowhere is that you know you're going to end up hating yourself I could have been on a world cruise instead I'm over here helping you you know with X, Y or Z that is, that's just a waste of your energy and a waste of your time if you're not available or you, you want to not be available, then decline the offer and mm. point your mm. parents in the direction of their four other presumably capable and equally loving children. Mm. And that's how you do it. You have to actually go, I'm willing to do what I can. It is a reciprocal. I totally agree with you that your parents work really hard. So, you know, they deserve the payback. But there's also, you know, it's also a good feeling when you do that stuff you end up, you are getting something out of it it's not this selfless act yeah yeah you I checked my mum in for a flight yeah. today and <laughs> I am you. high yeah. off the sort of righteousness yeah. I think you should well, I would say I would kind of merely bypass telling your parents no I can't do that and I'd go straight to a sibling and be like any chance you can do this one and then just just so you're but not declining directly that to that in parent. this relationship I feel that what this youngest kid is saying is I don't want to deal with whatever that personality type is. I don't want to deal with the confrontation of the ask. I'm mm. saying yes because I'm asked. Okay. And I can't say no. But that's the, the bit that they really have to work on. Not passing the book or feeling feeling that. Because then they just end up in a job with their scheduler. And yeah. it should actually be, no, I can't do it. I, you know what I'm guessing? She's the youngest. She's not married. She doesn't have kids. You know the the other four have the excuse. Yeah. Oh, you've nothing better to do. Yeah, but yeah, that's, off you go that's there. really unfair. It's Anna. so yeah. unfair, it's especially really unfair. because if that is the case, she at Christmas is buying a serious <laughs> yeah, amount of presents yeah. for that people stuff. that are in her family now that she had no say in. I always think that's really unfair. Like I have the most kids of all the, the in-laws, if you know what I mean. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, in terms I of cost think, per head. I think that works out. I think that's not, I mean, I, like I would, I don't have kids and, you know, I have a big family and I don't personally ever consider that, you know, all of everybody else's children, I love them because they're my nieces and nephews and that's all brilliant. But I do feel that when it comes down to the idea that just because you are childless, that that means you have more time in your totally. life to yeah. fulfill totally. somebody else's needs. That's just, that's just a, an arbitrary, made, that's made up. That's like not real. Um, and, and you have to actually balance it. You have to say, no, just no. Your, your mom and your dad, who are perfectly healthy, by the way, it's not like they're saying, I am incapacitated, I've fallen and I need you to come out of the house. And you're saying no. They're saying <laughs> something, you know, they're just saying... Well, like, I mean, but I, I bet on that point, at some point, they're both extremely healthy now. At some point, they won't be extremely healthy. At some point, they will need a degree of care. Who's going to be lumbered with that? Exactly, exactly. Mm. So she needs to learn a way yeah. to get people involved. And I don't think... 
you know, changing it from being I'm going to do it to I'm going to schedule. He's going to do right. it. I'm going to source it yeah, for that's, you. That's, yeah. She's still going to be the number one go to person. She needs to be able to say no, just no. And push the problem back to her very competent mm. parents to then go, oh, OK, thanks. I'll ask my other kids, yeah. you know, to come in and step in. And then if it actually comes back that they can't, maybe just say, I can't, mom, dad, because I'm blah, blah, blah. Ask one of the others. Come back to me if you have a problem. That way you kind of absolve yourself of, of, you know, them having a nightmare trying to, because then they can't come back to you. And then if that's the case, you actually have evidence of trying to push it down to your other siblings. who You can then say, What's the story? I'm always doing all this. You're not, never available. Remember the time when mum asked and you said no. Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting, though. He wasn't a- able to operate GAA Go, but he was able to operate FaceTime for 45 minutes, which is strange contradiction, <laughs> really. That he had to be, you know. <laughs> I'm not, not going to GAA Go. Uh, I moved in with my boyfriend a few months ago. We've been together two years. We're in our late 20s, but it's the first time either of us has lived with a partner. Overall, we get on well together, but there's one thing I'm struggling with. He's so tight with money. On our first night in the apartment, he sat me down in front of the laptop and showed me a spreadsheet with all the details of our outgoings. God, yeah, their first night together. How much would we spend? Because you'd think like that would be get drunk and shagging the first night. You'd be, you know, but oh no. Uh, how much we should spend on the weekly shop, estimating our bills, debating if we should uh, keep both Netflix and Apple Plus. If you run out of milk or he buys a takeaway for us on the way home from work, he hands me the receipt where he's written how much I owe him. Sometimes as little as 92 cents. It's really becoming an ick for me. And I've tried saying to him that before we moved in together, we were always going to even things out in a general sense. But he says it's important that we budget fairly together. Is this a deal breaker? He's a lovely guy otherwise. And we love each other. But this is a side I never knew about him. Wow. Uh, oh, my God. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, to say. I hate Start packing. Start packing. But then yeah. I'm like, you know what? I married, you know, the guy who on our first date, we were going to get takeaway. And I was like, oh, like we get an Indian. And he was like, no, we'll get Chinese better portions. And <laughs> there's like a mind to the budget, you yeah. know, and, I know, and value for no, money. Yeah. Yeah, OK, but that's yeah. more greed than meanness. <laughs> that really. is more greed, <laughs> potentially. Oh, no, I think this is like nothing more unappealing oh, than meanness. this. Oh, no. Yeah, but, you know, I do also think that when you are in a relationship with somebody, um, you know, we've, t- we've actually talked about this because I'm hearing Barbara's voice talking about her, her stuff, um, that... When you're in a relationship, you don't you don't necessarily put all of your resources into one big pot, and then that just gets divvied up by whoever is able to count, mm. you know, the money. What this person, the the guy is doing here is like even the I'm so excited about getting my Excel spreadsheet out, and you know maybe that's just his vibe, and that's, that's his love language. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. The I want to show you how much I care because I prepared this, and even the formula all work. Um, <laughs> but. I, I do think that what the what the girl here has to do, a woman, excuse me, should should do in this scenario is just say, you know what, I'm willing to contribute what I believe is the, you know, the thing. Let me know if it's not enough. You knock yourself out by budgeting and all that because it doesn't interest me. And that's not the person I am. That's not what I'm ever going to be. And if he can't get that, yeah. then they have a problem. Because she doesn't want to be that person and he does. That's brilliant. You've got your own domestic accountant in the house. It's going to save you money. They'll, you know, they'll want to, you know, to, to provide you with a better quality and bigger portions in life. That's great. 
being snarky about it isn't isn't great. I think that's not necessarily ninety two cent though. Oh my god! Because I was yeah, going to suggest it's... some snark. <laughs> really? Well, on the whole milk thing, like say the ninety two cent is half the two liter thing of milk. Yeah. If I were her, <laughs> I would give him thirty seven cents, and then I would siphon off like two eighths of the carton and be like, this is actually the only amount, this is the amount of milk I intend consuming. And then maybe use that as a jumping off point to open the discussion. I just think what they're really doing is they're just trying to find a way to work together in their new domestic maybe he just came from a flat chair where everybody was yeah. you know really tight and mean I'm, being, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt but I do think that what she needs to do is to say these are my ground rules I don't want to get that involved in the detail of it I spent too much time making me money to spend so much effort in spending it so from that point of view if you really want to do this here's my half of whatever the, the, the kitty needs to be if you don't think that's enough let me know show me the thing I'll be glad to take your word for it you know, set up a barter account. Yeah, that's what many people are <laughs> suggesting. Barter account is the way oh to go. Yes, I they think. Uh, there's nothing worse than a mean man on the subject of tightness with money. A guy I used to know was on holiday with a girlfriend driving through Europe. They went through a toll. He had to pay five euro. Afterwards, he put his hand out and said, 250. She <laughs> said, for what? He said, for half the toll. True story. Oh Doesn't say whether they're yeah. still together or not. You can make your own guesses about that. Uh, Sophie and Declan, thank you both very much. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 pm with Energlaze on News Talk.